You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Are you seated? Let your Bible fall open at Matthew chapter 6. This is our driving heart theme for this year. Verse 33. Let's all read together. Ready? Read. Seek. We are going through a process of studying firsts. Everybody say first. Jesus said very clearly, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Notice there are things that God knows you need. And the subtle trick of the enemy is to make the things so important that everything else gets put aside. That's, that's exactly how the Gentiles seek. It's about things and stuff. And we've got to be very cautious when we're born again that we don't turn our relationship with God into a religion of getting. We don't use God just to get stuff. It's not about the things. And we want to be very cautious that we don't flip out on the other side where people now just nervous about things and stuff because Jesus said in this one statement, there's the kingdom of God and there are the things that he knows you do need. God's not against you having things. Bible is very clear. He's blessed you with every blessing, gives you all things pertaining to life and godliness. Paul told Timothy, tell those who are rich not to be conceited, but to trust in God who gives you richly all things to enjoy. So he's saying enjoy your wealth, but remember the firsts. So it comes back to the first. And so what we're doing is we're taking time just to realign our hearts to make sure we got the firsts in place. Because it doesn't mean you stop seeking the other things. Because seek first means you will. God puts drive and passion in you. It's part of God's gift. It's vision is God's gift. Faith is the substance of things. So hope is part of the foundation of your faith. So that hope can only be given when you know what God's desire for you is. If you hope in things of the world, it's an empty hope. You take God's word and you hope in what He has promised. Now you have a foundation to attach your faith to. And so those things are there. The desire to increase, the desire to multiply, the desire to be more effective. All of that is a drive that's placed within you. That is not... Uh, that's not a carnal drive. The enemy can take those things and turn them into carnal, which will then distract us from the original. But praise God, if you've got your heart securely focused on what is first, these other things just happen. That's how I read that. Seek first, these other things will be added to you. It, it comes as a natural progression, not something that you're chasing after. So the moment your religion becomes striving, chasing, I don't know why, why is this happening? Why can't I get this? Can I, can I, can I? Hang on, we, we're in the wrong zone. Why hasn't it happened yet? It's in the wrong zone. 
because there's stress, there's worry. There should be no stress, no worry. When you got your heart focused on the firsts, the stress and worry is removed, you rest, and you don't even care what happens. Storm shows up, well, that's part of getting to the other side. Hallelujah. I said we're going to the other side, we're going to the other. I can go to sleep in the boat in the middle of a storm. Isn't that what Jesus did? And so we're making sure we got our hearts correctly aligned with the firsts. Now, you remember last week, Sunday evening. Now, let me just say this. I know I've said it before, but just in case there was no one here, and just in case you weren't here, and there were people here, so it wasn't no one, is that uh, last week, Sunday morning, the message of love. That is, to me, the most important message I've ever preached in all my 30 years. That, that it's things I said in there, I've mentioned in all my messages, and often when I go and I travel and I, and I make one line statement, they say, do you have a message on that? You know, and, and it's, as I say, my messages, the way I teach is keep touching everything all the time in different ways. But last week, we put everything concisely as the foundation. If that's not in place, you understand who God is. And that's why Sunday morning last week was so vitally important. If you didn't get it, make sure you get that podcast because it's something that we're going to make part of the curriculum of our Bible college, of anything we do, leadership training. It's the very foundation to who we are. And then Sunday night, we built on that. And then Sunday night, we had a look at this. John chapter 17, verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. You have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as you have given Him. Everybody say eternal life. How many want eternal life? I believe that. That's why you're here. Amen. So if I asked, what is eternal life? And I threw the question out there and I had people answer. Like we said, for many different subjects, different words, people will answer this and they'll say it's that and it's this. And and I don't think anybody would be wrong. It would be, yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. But how do you summarize it? What is the foundation? What is eternal life? And according to Jesus, he said this. And this is eternal life. Say this, I'm about to hear what Jesus considers to be eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Lift your hand and say, eternal life, according to Jesus, is that I might know God the only true God. That I may know God. That I may know. That word know in the Greek talks about intimate knowledge that goes beyond cognitive understanding. Even an atheist will use the words, there is no God. Well, what do you, there is no what? You just said God. 
That means in your mind there is something, even if they think it's a figment of the imagination, they still have a definition of what God is. So whatever that definition is, they're saying there's not one like that. So even an atheist knows there's something they know about God. People that go to church every Sunday may know about God. But this is what Jesus taught me. He says that you might... In other words, when you know God the way Jesus is saying it, that, that statement, this is eternal life, that you know God. No one, no intellectual, no academic, no science, no discussion, no debate, no anything will ever get to talk you out of this knowledge. No experience. No situation, nothing that happens to you, nothing that goes wrong in your life, nothing that you, somebody says something from a pulpit. This knowledge will never be taken from you. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. The knower that you're using to know knows. Your knower knows you know. You know that you know that you know God. That is eternal life. Everything else comes as a result of that. So you can tell by this, no one can ever walk up. I tried that, but it didn't work. I'm out of here. You didn't know. God, it became about his stuff. Oh, this one, this, this one sat in my chair and this one, they don't phone me, they don't love me, they just don't sing the songs I sing, I, you know, I don't like the way the music, you see, it's about you now. That, that's an immature Christian. Anybody that ever says, I'm I, I just not fed the way I used to be fed, that's immaturity. Because when you know God, everything begins to work out from you. I'm not looking for validation from my pastor, from my religion, from the pulpit, from how churches run, what people do and say. Why? Because I know God. I know God. I know God. How many want to know God this way? Say, this is eternal life. That I know God. Verse 4, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. I finished the work you have given me to do. Now, God, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself. With the glory which I had with you, listen to this, before the world was. I had glory with you before the world was. Now, take me back to that glory. So what's happened in between? Who is God? If we're going to know him, who is God? And then... 
When we talk about God, one of the greatest statements that people try to use when you say, if Jesus existed before this world was, then this world was created, then if God created the world and this world couldn't exist without God, then one of the immature questions, someone who doesn't understand the realm of the spirit, will say, well then who created God? Who created God? Well, if you ask that question, who created God? Then you would, by definition, have someone greater than him. Who was capable of creating a God? Well, then that being is greater than this God who created. Then you need to push the question further. Who created that God? Now you're talking about even a creator being. A greater being that's greater than the greatest being that created the greater being. That created. How many realize if you keep going and you keep going, who created, who created, you by definition, by your question, there must be something that's always going to be greater. So the, by definition of your question, trying to trip up the Word of God, you've defined there is one almighty me that we have no concept of understanding. No concept with this natural mind that sees things with a beginning and an end. That there is a being that eventually will supersede everything because there has to be nothing can come out of nothing with nothing involved. What was it? What existed before? If, if all that we see can touch, feel and, and, and sit in here, if all this existed, then where did that come from? Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to expand and just let go of everything your mind tries to hook into. Because we are now delving into the fourth dimension. Something that this natural mind cannot conceive. Cannot conceive. For those that haven't been with me before, when we spoke about the fourth dimension, we live in a three-dimensional world, space, time, and matter. And I use the example, if you want to try and understand how a three-dimensional world works, you go two-dimensional. Imagine a flat painting. And that thing, but even a painting has a little bit of height in it. You must imagine something that has no height. And there's a two-dimensional creature that knows long and wide, but it has no concept of up and down. Can you see that? Imagine there's something in there that lives, but only not, it can only see this way and that way, but it, has, it doesn't. And you looking at it, it doesn't see you. It has no concept of you. you. You're looking at it. Now, if you try to, in that world, you've got a three-dimensional ball, a sphere. How do you put that into a two-dimensional world? Well, you start putting it in. Isn't that right? You'd, you'd put it in and it would touch, touch this two-dimensional painting. So the creature living there will all of a sudden see a dot just show up in his world. Where, where did that dot come from? And as you take your ball and pour, pass it through that, 
plane. You understand what I'm saying? I'm, everybody okay? I'm keeping as simple as possible. As the ball goes through the plane, all he ever sees is a disc. So this little dot gets bigger and bigger. Where's this come from? He has no way to look up. He doesn't know up. He only knows forward and sideways. And this dot gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Next moment, the dot gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's a dot and it disappears. Where did that come from? It was here, wasn't here, now it's here, and now it wasn't here. And it doesn't know what that was. Family of God, our God created this three-dimensional world. He lives outside of that. No wonder we don't see him. Even when Jesus entered into the earth as a human, He's like the tip of that ball. God, if you can imagine God as this eternal being entering into a three-dimensional world has to be in a way that you would see and recognize him. But it's just a of who he is. Oh, come on. You got to get a hold of that. That's just a moment in time. A moment of who he is. That's just a one. That's one fraction of who God is. He lives outside of this three-dimensional realm. And we know if, if like that two-dimensional realm has no concept of up and down. We have up and down. But what's the next? We got forward, back, sideways, up, down. But how do we even begin to think that we can explain the fourth dimension. What is there? It's, it's a. <laughs> I'll have to use tongues to explain it, and we don't have a dictionary to interpret that. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, I'm just setting you up because if we're saying who is God, Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God. I want to put dot, dot, dot. In the beginning, God. What was in the beginning? God. God already existed. I said God already existed. What we call the beginning, God already existed. See, that doesn't make sense to us. Beginning means there was nothing before. No, no. In the beginning, when we know beginning to start, when the start happened, God already existed. I said God already existed. In the beginning, God. Now notice it says he created the heavens and the earth. This God, Genesis chapter 21, Abraham had just sworn a covenant with Abimelech. The king of the Philistines in Beersheba. And it says in verse 33. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba. And there called on the name of the Lord. The everlasting God. Everybody underline everlasting God. How many of you recall a number of years back. I did uh, quite a multiple series part series study on the names of God. Remember that? God reveals who he is through his names. 
Now, this is one of the names I did not include in that series, but there's a time for everything. As I've been meditating on where God's taking us, He highlighted the scripture for me. The everlasting God. Everybody say everlasting God. That word everlasting God is one of His names. The name is El Olam. El meaning God. The word Olam. Everybody say Olam. Olam is Strong's number H5769 for those that are taking notes. Olam means concealed. That is the vanishing point. Generally, time out of mind, past or future. That is practically eternity. Now, if you just read that for the way it's written and have no concept of what we've been talking about, the fourth dimension, it would kind of be, okay, that means eternity. What does eternity mean? What does eternity mean? Notice, just keep it up. I'm going to work with it. It says that it's concealed. It's concealed. Everybody say concealed. Same way that ball, as long as I'm holding it above the two-dimensional world, that two-dimensional creature has no way of looking into the third dimension. It is concealed. It still exists. I can see it. I can hold it. It's solid. It's a ball solid. But that two-dimensional world cannot see it. It's concealed. The vanishing point. Yeah, even you can bring science into it. It's been scientifically proven by Einstein's theory of relativity and all these different things that the speed of light is the barrier that we've never been able to. We get close to the speed of sound, past the speed of sound, get close to like, but you cannot get to the speed of light. By the time you get very close to the speed of light, mass goes up dramatically and it's like there's a, there's a barrier. You cannot go through it in the natural. And they forced their their. their the various formulas to figure out what would happen if we could, then by their formulas, it proves if we went faster than the speed of light, that object would disappear. But to the third dimension, your own will, it would just cross over beyond. Why? Because light is the barrier. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And He created a natural barrier that within that exists this existence. But outside of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because a being, God, outside spoke it, but is in that vanishing point. There's, there's that, that light barrier is the vanishing point. This is what Olam talks about. We say Olam. This is all in that Hebrew meaning. There's, there's this vanishing point beyond it that we have no concept. No, what is time out of mind. In other words, there's a, there's, <laughs> Jesus. You understand I'm trying to get four dimensional out in three dimensional words. But I believe that if you listen with your heart, you'll get it. There is something that we perceive as time. But there's another form of time. Think of two different definitions. We know time as seconds, minutes, hours, 
days, weeks, years. Forget that. There's something else, a process that you can't count on a stopwatch or a calendar. Out of mind. The natural mind can't get it. Now, if you can let go of your natural understanding of time, now you're stepping into eternity. Because with natural time, you hit stopwatch go, you hit stopwatch stop. There's a season, time to live, time to die, time to plant, time to harvest. That's natural time. But you get outside of that, you take the back ends off. It just is. This is the word olam. You cannot contain God in three dimensions. You cannot contain him in natural time. God, you late. He doesn't know what you mean. What's late mean? See, we have, an, we, we have a stop a moment for God that doesn't exist. Am I expanding you? So this is Olam. Now he is El Olam. He's the God of this existence. So you can you see the moment you're willing to accept that? How dare we in our own infantile, small, little three-dimensional time begins, time ends brain say there is no God. You're trying to take this infinite being and define him by your 30 years, 40 years, 50 years of little study of history. That's a in eternity. I hope I'm helping someone. This same word, Olam, is used in Psalm chapter 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From Olam to Olam. There's more than one Olam. Come on, some of us had a hard time understanding Olam. Because you've got to let go of everything natural to go, okay, eternity. Okay, I got, I got eternity. No, no, there's an eternity that then goes to another eternity. Amen. See, when we think of eternity, it's everything. Right? You know, when you think of the, the universe, what's that mean? It's everything that can possibly exist. And God says, no, even that can pass. There's another. Think of eternity. What's eternity? There is no beginning. There is no end. Right? That would seem like eternity. But now that goes to another eternity. Isn't that what it says? From Olam to Olam. God is in control of all the eternities. I said, God 
is over all eternities. It's so way out beyond. How can we ever try to debate this existence using our own natural science laws, which he created? See, time, as we know it, is a created entity. Remember, God said, let there be light. That wasn't sunlight. Because he first forms the earth. He puts it back into motion. He puts everything into place. And so he goes along creating. And then verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Yes, the sun and the moon and the stars, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. This is when time begins. Now God has created time as we know it in terms of days and years is only created here in verse 14. Remember 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now, that doesn't make mathematical sense, does it? If you try to write that formula on paper, you limit it to three dimensions. What's Peter saying? God has no concept. Obviously, he understands that he created it. But his world, a day for us... Could be a thousand years. If he wants this day to re he's really enjoying watching you today, he can watch you for his thousand years. Just you think you fellowshiped with him for half an hour? He made it a thousand years of fellowship. And yet something that should take a thousand years, he can do in one day. Jesus says, I'm coming soon. Yeah. We look at our calendar. Soon, your understanding of soon is very different to my understanding of Exactly. So we come back to God, you're late. Really? He's still busy. Can you see that time, when you start talking about Olam, is outside of our concept of time. Family, what an amazing God we serve. I said, what an amazing God. We serve. Listen to this. Isaiah 57 verse 15. For thus says the holy and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. He inhabits eternity. You get a hold of this. This is a God who is from everlasting Olam to Olam. He, he totally fills eternity. How awesome he is. But watch this. His name is holy. He dwells in the high and holy place. There's no ways your and my natural mind could ever in this lifetime conceive. We can let our minds go and believe we can sense it, reveal it by revelation, have some kind of insight to it, but we'll never understand it till we get over on that side. And yet, 
with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, God dwells with that person. Inhabits eternity and at the same time can come down and inhabit you. To revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Family of God, can you see when we let go of arrogance, let go of trying to define God, trying to question His Word, and try to explain, but you did, and if you were God, then how come? When you, when you let go of all that arrogance and say, who am I to even question you when something happens? Your word is your word. You are God. How can I ever even put myself on the same level? I'm yours. And the moment you do that, that same eternity fills your heart. Oh, come on. You've got to give Jesus praise if you can get that. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 26. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun. Remember that when I started saying this God would have to have a God if there was a start, he'd have to. No, no. The moment you get to God, there is no one like him. I said there is no one. Even the devil who tries to make it out like he is a God. There is no one. Even that creature is created by this God. Come on, shout hallelujah. He rides the heavens to help you. And his and in his in his excellency, excellency. On the clouds. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath the everlasting arms. Say this the eternal God, El Olam, the one who exists, the one who is, the great I am, is my God. He's your God. What a privilege. Remember God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to him, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Do <laughs> you want to know anything else? Who are you, God? I am. Who's that? I am. <laughs> he just is. I said, God just is. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. That doesn't sound like a name. Yet that's who he says he is. He says, I am. Yeah, but who was before you? I am. Who's after you? I am. When were you? I am. Where are you? I am. You cannot place God. 
You cannot time God. You cannot begin God. You cannot end God. As long as you call His name, He always is. He wasn't, was, He's not going to be. He is God. Where in time is He? He is Isaiah 40 verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Family, you will never understand the fullness of God. I believe even when we cross over and we're there, every day you're going to see another part of Him. You go, this is my God. Wow, nothing like I expected. Hallelujah. And you're just going to spend eternity absorbing. Because every day, in inverted commas, because it's no longer earth days, it's still process. You're going to find out, oh, He's also. And then you get to love that more. And then you, oh, he's also. And you also get to know, and you, oh, he's also. Someone described, you remember in Revelation, talks about the angels flying around his throne. And they ever cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, and who is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, holy. Oh, see, some of you are already saying, when's he going to stop? <laughs> They've been doing it for eternity. How do you sing a two-line song for eternity and not get bored? And someone described it. It's that angel, they're flying around him. And so they're going around this glorious presence. And every time they fly around, they go, oh, they see another part. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they're trying to absorb that. And they fly around, they come around, there's something more. Holy, holy, holy. And they fly around, they're trying to absorb that. And they come around, holy. for, 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 For eons of time, they have not yet absorbed the fullness of who He is. Come on, give this King glory. I am the Creator. Have you not heard the everlasting God? Isaiah 40, 28. The Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power. To the weak. And to those who have no might. He increases strength. (laughs) Hallelujah. Family, if we would just open our hearts. And let eternity invade us. Know your God. He strengthens you. Look at verse 4 of Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. You need to read the whole of Isaiah. I have, to, I have to whittle down for time's sake. But once you get into this, you see things that are amazing. Look at verse 4. 
Who has performed and done it? Calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first and with the last. I am. He. Hang on now. We've got to analyze this. He's with the first. Okay. So he's, yeah. But he says, and not then, later, I'll go visit the last. I am with the first and I'm with the last. So whether you're first or last, I am is with you. Whether you're above or beneath, I am is with you. Whether you're broken or healed, I am is with you. Whether you're destroyed or on top, I am is with you. Why did Paul say, I know what it's like to be abased and I know what it's like to succeed. But all these things, I know He's with me. Oh, come on, give Him glory if you can get a hold of this. Look at Isaiah 43, verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord. My servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Who made God? He is. See, our natural mind can't understand that. But he said, before you ever existed, I am. Lift your hands. Say, I serve an eternal God. No one created him, nor will there any other God be created. He is God. Isaiah 44 verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Besides me, there is no God. Family, Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without, without, see your natural mind will never figure these things out. You don't do it by logical reasoning. Faith is the substance of things, the evidence of things, Olam. Things of not seen. Faith is secure, even though I don't see it. I believe. Without faith, it is. I used to, and it is so, God only looks at faith, desires faith. You cannot please Him without that. But without faith, you're not going to know Him anyway. Without faith, it's impossible to know Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now listen to this. For he who comes to God must believe I am. You must believe he is. He is. He is. He is. Yeah, but wait. No, He is. Yeah, but what? I, I am. I am. I am. That's who He is. 
When I make the decision, all my questions are put aside, all my reasonings, all my yes buts, all my debates. When I become that humble heart and believe He is, that is the beginning of your faith. And then all these things will be added to you. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know what I hear there? Those who diligently seek him. I want to be like that angel. Every time I'm going to see something more. I'm going to get, Lord, reveal more. Show me more. Not my yesterday, God. Who are you for me today? You the I am. Show me more. And I guarantee you'll see more. Family, if you live with that kind of heart, how do you stay out of a prayer closet? Because I, I want to get back there. I wanna, I'm going to see some more. I want to know more. I want to grow more. I want to know more of Him. I want to see more of Him. More, 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 more than ever before. Come on, give Jesus praise if this helped you today. Come on, let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus. Has this blessed you? I have trusted the Holy Spirit to impart the life of this message. Because when I was meditating on this, I said, Father, you've asked me to do this. But you've given me a three-dimensional language to try and communicate an infinite being. But I believe you've heard. Family, I want you to know who your God is. He's more than anybody that could try and sit you down and talk you out of him. Because this infinite being knows more than we'll ever know. Even things that happen in our lives. Why is this happening? He sees it. He knows it. Yeah, but then how can you look? You see, there we go. We're reasoning again. No, no. I need to trust him. Because he is. He's, he's already in my success in the future. He's already in my eternity. He's already there. You see that in heavenly places. And you're already there. So he knows how to get you there. If we would trust him and walk with him. Amen. Now you may be like me in the beginning when we started looking at these things. I need to go and listen to this again. Because you know, even now, you're in awe, but it's a fraction. Amen. Just lift your hand and say, thank you, Father. You're amazing. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're great. You're magnificent. You're glorious. You realize we're running out of words? Because He is so way beyond. And Father, You're my God. You are my God. You are, I am. You dwell, you inhabit eternity. El Olam, you are my eternity, my eternal God. As I dwell within you, I know you've accepted me and you part of me. You are my God. You made me everything I am. You're bringing me up. You're raising me to be what you've caused me to be. 
and I lift your name. I give you glory. I honor you. There is no God like you, the one true living God. And you are my God. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah.